BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome, welcome back to Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II, and I'm here with my man, John McMullen, our Eagles insider for Jacob Sports. Before we get into the content, you guys know what you have to do. You got to smash that like button. You got to stay engaged in the content. And I want you guys to continue to make sure you comment below in the live chat. And also, if you're watching this after the fact, if you're not able to watch this live stream live, of course, it's perfectly all right. Make sure you guys continue to comment below. Smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to Jacob Sports, giving you your best coverage on Eagles training camp. And now we have reached day six, or rather day six of Eagles training camp that's been available to the media, of course, is now behind us. John McMullen, how are you feeling today, sir? Uh, doing well. Uh, struggling through it, man. The grind, as they call it. Oh, now, you're used to this. Now, you're used to this. You're a veteran. what it once was. Yeah, but I'm getting older. Come on. You're still a young guy. Uh, it's, uh, you know, and, and plus the Eagles did back to back days. Come on. They're making it hard on us. And they had longest practice of the summer. Almost. They were supposed to go an hour and 50 minutes, which would have tied Nick Sirianni's longest practice ever. They, he cut it off about 10 minutes early though. Oh, bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> did, did he have you guys uh, doing pushups with Jalen Hurts out there? No, yeah, that was, uh, you know, Jalen made a mistake. Uh, the Dak Prescott mistake didn't hand the ball to the official um, and uh, did a couple push-ups to make up for it. But uh, the Eagles were doing a um, two-minute drill uh, with the clock winding down, and uh, he made a mistake, and he uh, did the push-ups. And a lot of people are, you know, one thing Nick Sirianni has always said is uh, Jalen likes hard coaching. That's what makes him – uh, unique from um, other superstar quarterbacks who you probably need to handle with kid gloves. And Nick's talked about that a lot because they're both sort of have that in common. They're both uh, sons of football coaches. So Jalen's been getting yelled at since he was a kid. So um, he takes it pretty well as opposed to some guys who make Two hundred and fifty-five million dollars or so, who might not take it as well. Yeah, man, that, that's the thing about Jalen Hurts. He he kind of <clears> seems <throat> like he's he's wired uh, for the city uh, for the city of Philadelphia. When you think about everything that comes with playing in this city, uh, it's a blue-collar place. And you know, the biggest thing 
the bill the biggest thing Eagles fans, any Philly sports fan really cares about is your effort and your commitment to your team. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. Right I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. Uh-oh. I don't, Uh-oh. I don't, I don't oh, I, 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 See, I'm from not, Philly, John, so I'm curious what you're gonna say next. That that is not true. That is completely not true. Prove me wrong, <clears> sir. Oh, there's too many to prove you on. <laughs> Nate Gary. Nate Gary. Well, I'll, I'll prove you wrong with Nate Gary. Nate he tries Gary, hard. <laughs> Nate Gary played through a sports stinking hernia, hustles his ass off, and they treated him like shit because he couldn't play. Okay. David right. Bell, if you want to go back to a Phillies uh, uh, player, hustled everything, couldn't play. At, here's where you're wrong, Tony. Okay. They embrace you if you do everything you said and you're really good. Then they embrace you. But if you stink, you can hustle all you want. It's not going to get you anything. <laughs> anything. You might be on to something because now I'm thinking about Doug Burnett. He's someone who I've never questioned his work ethic. There you go. But Another man, one. Good oh man, one. oh man. Man, oh man, he, he is the poster child for that, right? <laughs> all, all you hear about Derek Barnett from the coaching staff and all that kind of stuff is how hard he works, how diligent he is. You know, he makes some mental mistakes, mental errors, no question about it with the penalties and all that. But, yeah, nobody's going to question his work ethic. Never lived up to the hype. You know, He and, and by the way, he's not Nate Gary. He's a good player he's just not as good as people thought he would be so yeah one thing about me tone and you know it i'm not playing into that nonsense i know i know uh, i know uh, sometimes uh, i try to get by you sometimes i try to get it by you it bothers me it bought that kind of stuff bothers me because it's not true and you know i joke about nick sirianni being the pander and chief I don't think you have to pander. I'm trying to elevate. I'm trying to elevate the conversation. I always tell Jody, I don't want to play to the least common denominator. I don't want to pander. I want to tell people the truth. Okay. Now, let's talk about the truth, right? Quez Watkins and Olamide uh, Zacchaeus, you know, he Olamide uh, spoke to the media today, right? And, you know, through Twitter and various sources, I've been seeing that Quez and Olamide have – you know, have had a pretty exciting day. Uh, Olamide had uh, one of his best routes ran today. I think Achilles Ringo uh, Quez is, um, you know, catching everything thus far. Um, what's the truth uh, behind that competition right now? And I know we've talked about this before <clears throat> in the past. You know, maybe Sirianni is going to, you know, situationally use those guys. But by your estimation, you know, who truthfully is um, the more superior um, player or who's shown themselves to be the more uh, – reliable superior player right now in training camp um quez has clearly um been the guy it hasn't really developed into a competition it's still you know early maybe it does maybe he takes a step back but he's clearly been better than alameda Zacchaeus, as you mentioned who, who you know had a good route as you mentioned really good route one of the best uh routes we've seen all summer just completely pros uh uh ringo as a rookie player but you know he also had three drops today so you know um the consistency hasn't been there like the eagles would have liked i would imagine um and and quez is you know there's a lot of competitions and we said oh right guard's going to be a competition well it hasn't really been a competition uh third wide receiver hasn't really been a competition punter hasn't really been a competition um some of these things have not sort of manifested themselves and um do you think some of them have been manufactured then in terms of the comp in terms of the idea of a competition yeah i mean right guard would be i mean we're okay we're through six practices um there's only nine there were nine scheduled now they added one so there's going to be 10 okay in the training camp portion then you'll have the joint practices but so we're we're over halfway through and nobody else has taken a a a first team rep at right guard until today um 
And the only reason Tyler Steen took a first-team rep at right guard today was because the Eagles, because it was a back-to-back day, they rested Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Landon Dickerson on certain reps. They didn't – they took them out. And and then they <clears throat> moved the offensive line around. Cam Jurgens was playing center. Uh, Tyler was playing right guard. Jack Driscoll was playing right tackle. But uh, – and, and Sua Opeta was playing left guard. Um, there's been no real – First team rep for anybody at right guards except Cam Jurgens. Um, when when the first team has been out, when the true first team has been out there, you said something that stood out to me. They increased the practices from nine to ten. I have to ask you, is this team behind schedule? No, you know I asked about that because that's my first thought was I'm like, well, you know, maybe they're realizing they want a little bit light. Um. They're on on Tuesday. Um, they were scheduled to have a walkthrough, so I shouldn't have said off. Now it's going to be a real practice. Um, the first uh, preseason game is that Saturday in Baltimore. I think they're just trying to replicate a game week um, and get that in. And I think somebody said, "Hey." we should replicate a game week and that's what they're trying to do because, and it made sense to me when that was explained to me, because what are you going to gain? But, Oh, well, you're behind and you're going to catch up with one added practice. Um, you know, so it's more, that made sense to me. They're trying to replicate a game week and, um, it, you know, that's understandable. So as it stands right now, the practice schedule is what? Tuesday and what else? Uh, I don't have they, – they they have Lincoln Financial Field. Right, so uh, Sunday. Sunday, then, then they Tuesday. have off Monday, and they do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So and three then, back-to-back. And then all Friday. Um, then game and, day Saturday. And the game, game day Saturday. Oh, wow. Um, but I am at – you know, Friday's going to uh, – um, Thursday is going to be very light, I would imagine, but uh, technically a practice. Okay. Can you give us uh, some injury updates? I mean, these guys, especially, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, some back-to-back practices, and uh, N'Kobe, Dean, <clears throat> N'Kobe Dean, he didn't have uh, that much action today. Uh, and, also, have any and also, action. And, and also, uh, exactly right. And also, um, linebacker Patrick Johnson had a scare today. You know, can you walk us through that situation and, and also, like I said, walk us through uh, the injury report as it stands right now? Yeah, Patrick uh, got carted off, so that was a scary situation. Um, still getting evaluated. Um, uh, the Eagles uh, wouldn't confirm anything, uh, but there's an indication that it's not going to be season ending. So that's the best case scenario. Um, he looked, you know, very disconsolate uh, uh, when it happens, and and you always start thinking. Um, but I remember last year when Britton Cubby, you know, sort of um, self, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if he went on WebMD and <laughs> decided he broke his wrist or, and but he didn't. Um, so you know, players often think something is wrong and you get the MRI or whatever, and it turns out to be not as bad as you thought. Hopefully that's the case with Patrick Johnson. Um, He's been having a good camp. Um, You know, the Eagles are really deep at that particular position, so you never like to see anybody injured, but that's one position where they could sort of, uh, you know, he he was going to be on the bubble uh, anyway because they're so deep at edge rusher. Mm. Um, But it looks like he's going to avoid – uh, the worst case scenario, and, and and we'll probably know tomorrow um, at the latest uh, uh, when they practice on on Sunday um, what the deal is with Patrick. Uh, N'Kobe's got an ankle issue, uh, did not practice today. James Bradbury had a groin, uh, tweaked his groin. That's why he left. Uh, he did not practice today. Um, 
First time team reps for Hassan Reddick. Not a lot, but he was out there for the first time um, in some teamwork. And and um, Derek Barnett, first time, got got back in some team teamwork. So um, some positive, some negative. Uh, team though, and and Bradbury are day to day, so they're not serious injuries, but. Obviously, in, in in training camp, they're going to be as cautious as as they need to be. And maybe there's a silver lining. We've talked about all the issues that uh, linebacker, um, you know, can't hurt getting more reps for these these young players. So maybe there's a little bit of a silver lining to get a better look at certain guys. And uh, maybe the biggest news happened tonight. Josh Sills got uh, – acquitted uh, on some very serious charges. Uh, he was taken off the commissioner's exempt list. The Eagles have confirmed he will be back. Awesome. And if you, if you told me that when this happened, I would have said, oh, I don't like the odds. But, uh, you know, to Jeffrey Lurie's credit, um, he's got a history of giving people second chances. And I don't even know if you can call this a second chance because he got acquitted. So... I think a lot of people need to understand, you know, somebody can allege something, but that doesn't necessarily make it true. Um, and Josh has sort of professed his innocence throughout this, and um, he was acquitted today. Well, we know how society is today, John. You're guilty until proven innocent rather than the other way around. Um, you know, let's move the conversation forward. We haven't really talked too much about these tight ends, obviously Dallas Goddard is the number one. That's not even a, a debate there. But beyond that, Grant Cocatera, Jack Stoll, Tyree Jackson, Dan Arnold, uh, those four guys are competing, I would say, probably for the uh, two remaining spots on the, on, on the roster uh, when it comes to that tight end position. Um, I'm curious to know what's, your, been your, what's been your evaluation um, of that position um, beyond Dallas Goddard and who has stood out to you? Um, I think I think Jack is safe. I I don't think he's in the conversation. So I think I think Dallas and Jack, obviously Dallas, but um, I think Jack is safe. And then it comes down to um, who you want to keep as that third tight end. Um, I, I I think for a Super Bowl team, you know, I wouldn't mind having Dan Arnold. Um, a lot of it has to do with, and by super, I mean Super Bowl contending team, because I think he can help you in a big spot. Um, this isn't the first time you said that. You know, you know, can you, you, know, can you dive a little deeper into the value you see in a guy like Dan Arnold? Well, he's he's a really good receiver, and if you talk to tight ends around the league, um, you know, he's a well-respected guy. Um, you could see how more advanced he is than some of the other younger tight ends. Um, but he's not a very good blocker, um, and he does get exposed that way. But you're talking about a third tight end. Um, you can pick and choose, and I've said it pretty consistently. Look, if this were a five-win team, if this were a seven-win team, I'm going to keep the young guy who maybe has a higher ceiling. Um, but, you know, if Dan Arnold can make a play for me in the NFC Championship game, you know, Grant Calcaterra is probably not going to do that. Tyree Jackson's not going to do that. Maybe, maybe three years down the road. Um, I think it's different. So um, to me, I, I would try to keep Dan around. But while I say that, he hasn't really um, – he, he looked great in the spring. Hasn't really done much since camp has begun. So he's not separating himself. But – Either's Grant, to be honest. Um, and Tyree looks good. Tyree lo always looks good. <laughs> and then the injuries pop up. And, you know, it's, again, it's a Super Bowl contending team. Do you really want a raw, you know, admittedly, tremendously athletic? Uh, I, I don't know if you want that for this team in this situation, and remember, you can get these guys through waivers and get them on the practice squad as well. So I don't think it's as big as a deal as it used to be making these decisions because 
anybody going to pick up Grant Calcaterra on waivers? You never know. It only takes one, but I, I doubt it. So, you know, if you wave them, you probably get them right back on the practice squad. So far, uh, we're at day six of training camp, you guys, uh, that of, of, a me- of media availability. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. You're locked on Football 24-7 with John McMullen. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II. Uh, John, I want to talk a little bit about these rookies, uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Cindy Brown, all those guys, uh, Kelly Ringo. Tanner McKee, uh, Moral Jumbo, a guy who we don't, we don't really talk too much about at all. Um, today, um, have you seen any guys make any progress from day one uh, to day six? And, um, you know, who stood out to you? Um, I think Nolan's been the best rookie, um, uh, which is a bit of a surprise. I thought it would be Jalen Carter. They're starting him out a little bit more slowly than I thought they would. Um, I ultimately, I think he's going to be the best rookie. I mean, but you know, when they get there, you Sean Desai talked today about Sidney Brown, um, you know, still making some mental errors, which I was surprised he said that out loud, uh, which kind of explains, um, I thought that was always pie in the sky. I compared yesterday on the show. If you think about Dax Hill, Lewis seen from last year. I mean, those are first round picks who, who, who couldn't play right away. Um, so to expect a third round guy to say, Oh, he's going to be fine. He'll, he'll be, you know, eh, that, that was always a little bit shaky for me. So, um, Tyler Steen, same thing. I mean, we just talked about the competition, really didn't develop um, played right tackle left tackle in college you're asking him to change positions and compete to be on the best offensive line that's and he only practiced 10 times was nine times now 10 times you know how do people think these kids are getting up to speed I I, I you know so I long term I don't think there's any problem but short term, Anybody expecting splashes like right away? It's going to be Jalen Carter or or Bus probably. Um, now Nolan took the first rep at off ball linebacker without Nicobe Dean. I don't know what the Eagles are doing there. I, I mean, you know, the vast majority of the reps went to Christian Ellis and, and Nicholas Morrow, um, but for some reason they started Nicobe Dean. They played him at four eye. They played him at, at his usual edge position. <clears throat> hey, maybe he's got the ability to be um, a super player who can move around. Um, he's very smart. Obviously, he's very athletic, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Usually, they want guys to learn one position and then expand. Um, and they're putting a lot on Nolan Smith's plate. Um, and we'll see how he handles it, but it's a little bit strange to me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fair to assume that because Hassan Reddick started off training camp a little banged up, that's maybe one of the reasons we did see Nolan Smith so much or why he's had so many opportunities to really showcase um, you know, his game or his versatility, right? You know, in, in comparison to uh, a guy like Jalen Carter who hasn't, um, well, who they've actually started off more slow. Why, as a matter of fact, you know, Hassan, Hassan Reddick aside, why do you think they're they're starting Jalen Carter off so much slower than Anona Smith? Do you think it was because... Yeah, you're right. That's, that's the reason. I okay. mean, if Hassan was there, Nolan wouldn't be getting all those first-team reps. So that's, that is the reason... Um, why they're moving him around so much. That's, that's the part that confuses you. That's the part that confuses me, yeah. Like if, you know, if Fletcher was out, Jalen would be getting a ton of uh, first-team reps. Um, But he's not. Uh, Jordan Davis is there. Um, So, you know, that's why. Um, 
Is, no that a, one, is, is that a clear indictment on the rest of these linebackers? The fact that they're you're seeing Nolan Smith back there um taking off ball linebacker reps. You even saw Derek Burnett dropping back, so on and so forth. Is that a clear indictment on his linebacker room? No, it's not because they're very few. And 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 yet it's getting played up so big by certain people. And that's what I can't understand from the Eagles' perspective. Like they started him at off ball linebacker and then the next play, Nicholas Morrow was in. What 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 is this ceremonial? Hmm. Um, and then for the vast majority of of the practice, the first team reps were Ellis and 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 Morrow. So, I don't know. I'll throw it out to you. Why? Why? Hmm. And now people are talking about it. Um. Why generate this for a young player who, if he were doing that, would be playing out of position? And meanwhile, Howie's probably in the back making phone calls to try to get a real off-ball linebacker. And then, and then it becomes, then what's the narrative? Oh, he can't do it. You know why? Why put a young kid in that position? I don't know. I mean, that's. A, I mean, you, you you do raise a good point, right? Why put someone in a position? that's not necessarily optimal uh, for what they do well and just create that. Again, this is Philadelphia, right? You, we all, we both know how, how easily this city can gravitate towards a player. And we also know how, how, how much people are willing to jump out the window based on what this team is showing us, you know, especially with using Nolan Smith at off ball linebacker and, you know, using them in four I and, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, as an edge rusher and just various situations, you know, it, it, it does kind of create um, a bad situation for the player. It kind of puts them uh, in a situation where they're under these unfair set of expectations. Well, yeah, I mean, well, look at let's use Hassan Reddick because Hassan played all ball linebacker, right? Not well, but he played it in Arizona. They made a mistake. Um, he didn't do this. They don't ask Hassan Reddick to play four I. They don't ask Hassan Reddick to take reps at all all ball linebacker, even though he's taken a ton of NFL reps at all ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fourth in the defensive player of the year voting. He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. They don't ask to do him to do this. Why are you asking a rookie to do all of this? Now let, me, now, let me push back just a little bit. Sean Desai, in one of his meetings with you guys, he mentioned how he's making it a point to throw a lot of information at these young guys. Do you think that is that falls in line with what they're doing with Nolan Smith? No, because what, where's the other example of it? Jalen Carter's uh, not playing edge rusher. Jalen Carter's not, not – obviously can't take linebacker reps. Right. Now, Derek Barnett did in developmental period. Um Where's Sidney Brown? Is he taking slot reps? Is he taking corner reps? No. Well, that'd be silly. Um, Tyler Steen? Yeah, Tyler Steen, because he's an offensive lineman, is now starting to cross-train. But all backup offensive linemen have to play multiple positions. That's why he's doing it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, it it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. Um, if I believed, and somebody brought up Micah Parsons, and um, if I believed the Eagles thought he could be like Micah Parsons and just move back and forth between all ball linebacker and be acceptable there and be and um, uh, you know um, just go back to edge rusher, they'd be getting them first team reps. That all-ball linebacker before Nicobe Dean got hurt, because he 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 would be the second best all-ball linebacker. He would be next to Nicobe Dean, because you have so many edge rushers. He's not going to get on the field that way. So it doesn't. It, no matter what avenue I go down, it doesn't make sense to me. I, every time I go down, well, maybe it says maybe that that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, other than 
you know, maybe they think he's the most versatile guy in the world and he can handle all this. Um, yeah, they clearly see something or believe they're, they, again, you know, like I said, they clearly see something or maybe they're trying to force a square peg in a round hole. This isn't, they won't, it wouldn't be the first time the Eagles have done this. Well, I don't even think they're trying to force a square peg in a round hole. They They put him out there for two reps and then that's it. I get, okay, I get what you mean. It's almost like, well, what are we doing? Why, why waste those reps? BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Or why even waste our time? Why, why, why even plant that seed if you're never going to have a full practice with him out there doing that? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. He had one rep at four I. All right, right. What, what are you doing? Is somebody tired? I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe Noah Smith's motor just runs so damn hot. Maybe, they, yeah, maybe, <laughs> they, they just run, maybe, maybe he's just running out there to take somebody's rep. I, it, <laughs> I, I guess that's a possibility. Oh man, all right, before we get out of here, John, I want to play a quick game with you, uh, of over under. Um, I know you and I, I know I'm not, I know you're not, we're not really gambling guys. That's more so our guy Jody right there. He's, he's more so the uh, the ocean casino kind of guy, right? Um, but I want to uh, play a quick game of over-under with you. We're going to uh, try to fly through this thing as, uh, as quickly as we possibly can. I want to try to get you back to the family. It's Friday, so I want you uh, to eat good and sleep good, my man. You had a hard day, so uh, let's try to uh, fly through this. All right. Um, over-under, uh, Josh Sweat, 11 and a half sex. Over. Ah, can you give me a quick synopsis why? Uh, great player. Um, I think he's going to get, you know, the Eagles have been very, because of what happened to him in high school, um, he had a very, for those who don't know, very bad leg injury. Um, and they've always been very um, cautious with his reps. And as he gets farther and farther away, they get him gain more and more confidence. The more he plays, the more plays he's going to make. Okay. Over under Hassan Reddick, 16 and a half sacks. Under. Hmm. That's a that's a big number. That's tough to tough in, to repeat. In, in your own words, a regression to the mean. Yeah, exactly. Not that he's gonna have a bad season. Right. Um, that's just, you know, it's a difficult number to go back to back. Jalen Carter, seven and a half sacks. Boy, I would have went over early. Now that I see what's developing, I'm going to go under. Um, I think Jordan Davis is going to play more than I thought, um, and that's going to affect how much Jalen Carter is going to play, and that's going to affect those numbers. All right, that takes me to my next one, Jordan Davis. And he's not really – well, you and I both know he's not there to get sex. If he if he manages to steal a few, hey, that's great. But that's not why he's there. So, Jordan Davis, uh, I think for him it's going to be more so about the TFLs, tackles for loss. Uh, so, so, for Jordan Davis on uh, his second season, over under eight and a half tackles for loss. Hmm. I don't even think it's about tackles for loss. I'm going to go under. Um, he's about just tying up blockers, which is very esoteric. But, I mean, he's there so others can make the play. And the Kobe in, at Georgia. Turn on a Georgia tape. You know, Jordan's there to take up two blockers so the Kobe can shoot the gap and get that tackle for loss. That's Jordan's job. Um, yeah, so um, it's a very important job. But I think, you know, People aren't. I've said this since he got drafted. 
it's going to be very tough to spin um, Jordan Davis being successful to the stat obsessed of the of the band base. I'm looking at you, Jody. <laughs> well, you know this this era of sports and football. You know we're obsessed with betting. We're obsessed with um, the fantasy. You know the fantasy football thing has taken over. Um, it's 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 only it's only natural for people to be so uh, stat obsessed. But you guys in the live chat, I want you guys to get engaged in this over under thing as well. Like I said with Josh Sweat, over under eleven and a half sacks. What do you guys think? Uh, Hassan Reddick, over under sixteen and a half sacks. Uh, Jordan Davis, um, over under eight and a half tackles for loss. Uh, Jalen Carter over under seven and a half sacks. I want you guys to get engaged with that as well. Uh, moving on to moving on to our next guy, our other Georgia Bulldog, Nicobe Dean. Uh, as we all know, TJ Edwards led his team in tackles. Uh, he was ranked top three on his team in terms of a uh, snap count. He, I believe he was on the field for over a thousand defensive snaps, which is about 94% of the total defensive snaps that he was available to have. Um, so Nicobe Dean, um, I'm curious over under. 99 and a half total tackles. Well, it, the issue there is how many games is he going to play? I mean, if he plays 17 games, he's way over that number. I mean, way over that number. That's my concern with the Kobe Dean. And by the way, I mean, that's if you play 17 games as a middle linebacker um, and you don't get 99 tackles, uh, you're not good. Um, that's my know, concern Nick, as well, though. I mean, I'm concerned if he can hold up uh, for all 17 games. I think that's why I made that number uh, uh, what I did because yeah. I still have my doubts about him playing all 17. And and you know, Nicholas Morrow was I don't know he was he was over 100 with Chicago, but um, they weren't good tackles. So I mean, that's <laughs> all that's, tackles are not created equal. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's the bigger part. But uh, th- that that number is totally. How many games is he going to play? And I'm, that's a concern for me because he's already hurt. Um, I don't think he's going to be TJ Edwards playing 1,200 snaps, 20 games leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, Jeez, man, why did they let him go? <laughs> um, just from a durability standpoint, um, I think he's going to be fine when he's out there. Right. But – I'm going to go over 99 though, because, you know, he might, he might get 12 in week one uh, and you're, you know, the, the whole defense is going to be funneled to him. So, right. He's going to be making tackles left and right. All right. Let's move on to the DBs. Uh, Darius Slay. He's someone that I'm, I'm paying close attention to this, uh, paying close attention to this season. Uh, He didn't really have the greatest ending to his 2022 campaign started off tremendous, but kind of, uh, you know, had a regression to the mean, as you would say. Speaking of, you know, we our, our original quote, what's with all the Slay hate? It's, I, it's, I, fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating, right? Because Slay, I think, you know what I think it is, honestly, amongst Eagles fans. And this is, this is just my, my thought process. I think a lot of people didn't really like how he handled his off season, especially when he wasn't a free agent. Uh, and, I really think a lot of people are hard on him about that Super Bowl performance. But I've also seen people really, really campaign for Slay as well. But you're not wrong. There is definitely a a subset of Eagles fans that are really hard on Slay right now. Um, me personally, I would say I need I need I'm kind of in the middle of that because part of me sees that Slay is still, in my opinion, a top 10 cornerback in this NFL. But I think the issue comes in is when you're so used to seeing someone playing at such a high level and then you start to see them take a step or two or three back. Like, it's almost like when you're great and you kind of regress to being just good, people notice that immediately. So I think so. I think that's probably what it, what it is. But what do you think? I think he's a great cornerback. And I, I think, you know, the Eagles struggled at cornerback for so long. It's, boy, people get spoiled quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean... I, I, again, if you watch other games, you'll you'll see, you know, some of the corners in this league. Um, you're lucky to have Slay and Bradbury. Absolutely, absolutely, and, I, and um, I definitely don't want that narrative out there. That uh, I, 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 you know, I think Slay has. I mean, he was so good in the first half. 
again, we'll go regression to the mean. Right. Um, yeah, you can't keep that up, uh, especially in this era of the NFL. But, you know, Slay's one of those guys you just talk to other players and receivers, and they'll tell you how good Slay is. Um, and when other when your peers say that, that's when you go, all right, this guy's a little bit different. And right. and for the people that say Bradbury's better than Slay, no, he's not. Slay's the guy, and I love Bradbury. I love him as a player. I love him as a person. He's a phenomenal guy. Right. Slay's a better corner. Yeah, Slay's I was. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree Slay's with that. The, um, it's yeah. I mean, he's five-time Pro Bowl corner. He is a great, great cornerback. Great cornerback. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, but yeah, with him, uh, over under three and a half interceptions. Yeah, he, I think he had three in twenty twenty two. So over under three and a half for him. Interceptions. I mean, I know, are... you, I know, you don't really care about the turnover stats, but I got to ask you. Well, well, they come in bunches. I, with Slay, yeah, I'll go over. What the hell? Okay, let's um, jump over to the uh, offensive side of the ball, uh, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Jalen Hurts, over under 3,800 passing yards. Under. Okay. I, I, I'll tell you, he's so freaking dominant as a runner, um, the Eagles defense can't stop him. I mean, <laughs> they haven't stopped a quarterback draw yet. Um, I get all these people talking about, so you can't run him as much, you can't run him as much. That's off-season talk, as I call about. That's laboratory talk. When you get into a game, you want to win that game. Right. How are you going to win that game? If he's going to take that run, he's going to run. Um, So he's going to be so successful as a runner. um, That limits the passing a little bit. But with Jalen, it's about, you know, and that's the perfect example. You know, people complain, he's only got 22 passing touchdowns. That's that's why I don't like stat people. You know, dominant player. I don't care how he scores. He scores. Um, I don't care if he's throwing it, running it. You know, the third-ranked offense, they're going to be a really good offense again. Um, yeah, but 3,800, that's – you don't want him to throw for 38. I think a lot of people – you know, why Why does these high-volume throwers and, and the best, you know, the Matthew Staffords of the world, the Kirk Cousins of the world, you know, their numbers are outrageous every year, every year, every year. But you know what? They're playing on mediocre teams. They're always behind. They're throwing the football. They're great passers. But if you're throwing for 4,400 yards, if you're getting up near 400 yards, that means you're throwing the ball a lot you're throwing, and why do you throw the ball a lot? Because you're usually behind at some point where you got to catch up. And, you know, I think people get way too caught up in that. You want to win games. By the way, if you're up two touchdowns in the, in the fourth quarter, guess what you're going to do? You're going to run the ball, and that's <laughs> going to lower your passing yardage. So you should hope. For less passing yardage. I never call people out in the chat, but I got to call somebody out in the chat. I, I Somebody said it's called coaching, talking about Nolan Smith. Start a player out of position. It'll be easier for him when he goes back to that position he's used to. What the? But give me another <laughs> example. Give me another example. You don't have to bend over backwards and come up with nonsense to support a football Give me another example. Did they start Jalen Carter at all-ball linebacker? Did they start an all-ball linebacker defensive tackle and say, hey, it'll be easier when you play linebacker? Did they start a cornerback at wide receiver? It'll be easier when you go back to cornerback. Have you ever heard a dumber? You start somebody out at a uh, – I can't. I'm, I'm, I've never seen it's, it's, it's Freaky Friday. John's fired up. Getting frustrated. It's Freaky Friday. You I guys mean, got John on. fired up. <laughs> it's okay to say the Eagles aren't right about everything all the time. 
I'm the first one that tells you it's a tremendous organization. Usually I agree, but 90% of their decisions. They don't, people don't hear that though, John. They, the decisions usually make sense, but sometimes they don't. And this is an example of one that doesn't. They're yeah. making it easier for him by giving him three snaps at all, all ball linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I don't I, get I, it. I'm of the mindset of that, that that kid's fast. Put him on the edge and let him go get the quarterback. That's what I exactly. care about. Exactly. That, that's that's my mindset. Um the, the or real can issue waste is three years of Hassan. Hassan's still bitter because three years of his career were wasted. He's still bitter about it in Arizona because they wasted three years of his career. Wow. Uh <laughs> uh, you kind of caught me off guard there, John. But I like it though. I like when you get fired up. I like I like this side of you. Uh, all right, let's uh let's move on. Jalen Hurts, we, we we talked about how dominant he is as a runner. Uh over under 759 and a half rushing yards. 759 and a half over under. That's a good number. Um I'm gonna go under because I think the Eagles, as much as they try to not listen to the criticism, I think it sort of seeps in, even if it's you know on a subconscious level. And they start buying into, well, he can't run it this much and blah, blah, blah. Even though they don't believe that, um, I think it seeps in a little bit. And I think they'll try to run them a little bit less, but you know, and that's a big number. That's a big number as well. So yeah, he has seven sixty, I think, on yeah. the season last year. So yeah, I think I think they'll try to run them less. Yeah. Do you, and so in saying that, you think it'd be less designed runs and more so allowing him to just cook if they're in a passing play, allow him to just do his thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, you know, and the passing yards will go up. Um right. But, you know, I don't think to the level, um, what did you say, 39? What? Um, uh, 759 and a half rushing yards. No, passing yards. Oh, passing yards, uh, 3,800 passing yards. And what do you have last year, 30? He had 37 and some change, I think. Yeah, it's not too much far it's not too far high. I mean, remember he missed two games. Yeah, so. I I probably should have went over on the pad. Now I'm gonna. Yeah, I probably should have went over on the passing yards, under on the rushing yards. I'm gonna realign, realign, because they're gonna be behind more. They have a tougher schedule, um, and they'll be throwing it a little bit more. Uh, so that part of it just is sort of the natural way you play the game if you're behind you're gonna throw it more all right i got two more for you then we're getting out of here uh and this is running back related uh deandre swift uh over under 999 and a half total yards from scrimmage 999 and a half over oh, i thought you were gonna say i'm gonna go no 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 no, 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 yeah. no i know exactly who i'm dealing with john uh over and a half, over over under nine hundred ninety nine and a half total uh, yards. Yeah, I'm going over that. Um, I think he's going to be the lead back. I think, you know, I they're they're pretty cognizant of designing plays for him um, as a receiver. Um, get him to six fifty uh, rushing. Yeah, I I think he'll go over that. If he doesn't go over that, it would be a disappointment. Um, and I think he's a good player. Um, it's tough to, because of his history in Detroit, you know, he's probably going to miss a couple games. Uh, so that'll affect it. Um, but yeah, I, uh, people are higher on the Eagles running backs than I am. Um, and he's, he's the best of the, of the lot. So. Um, somebody's got to get the yardage, um, and he's going to get a big chunk of it. Okay. Um, I'm glad you brought up uh, the idea of Swift potentially missing games because originally I was only going to uh, reserve this for Penny, uh, but let's pair these guys up, right? Uh, over under DeAndre Swift and, and Rashad Penny, 
uh, over under 13 and a half games played? Well, I'm going to go under for both. Um, mm. But Penny, it's like if, if somebody's going to play 17 games between Penny and Swift, I would pick so Penny. Oh, really? No, I, would, I would pick Penny. Really? Because, yeah, Penny's injuries are all broken fibula, torn ACL. Freak injuries like that, not ticky-tack. Um, yeah. You know, Swift has missed four games, four games, four games mm. each year. Um, you know, he's going to pull the hammy. He's going to um, pull the hamstring. Um, That's an interesting point. I didn't think about it from that perspective, that Penny's injuries are more so like these grueling freak injuries, like you said, broken fibula, torn, whatever, whereas though Swift is like the ticky tick, the soft tissue uh, yeah. strain yeah, exactly. or, you know, things like that. That's int- I didn't I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. So with Penny – it's, uh, you know, you hate to use that word luck, but, you know, if your ACL goes, your ACL goes. And, um, it's, you know, you break your fibula, you break your fibula. Um, it's not because you didn't stretch, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, he needs, he needs a little bit of luck on the injury front. And, you know, he's gotten it so far. He's healthy. It's been completely healthy. Um, yeah, he spoke about how, you know, he's really, he's really leaning into this organization and he's really been pleased with, you know, how they've been taking care of the players. He spoke about that. So, yeah. And, he's, and I think that's why he came here. Really. I think that's one of the reasons he came here outside of them being a, a successful team and organization. I think he also came here when he saw that this team had all 22 starters ready to go for the, uh, for the Super Bowl. I think he saw that and was like, Okay, they kept all these guys healthy. Sure, there's some luck involved, but they're clearly doing something right. Maybe I need to go over there and uh, maybe hedge my maybe hedge my bets. And try uh, to I'm not going to give the Eagles that much credit. I, you know, if somebody would have gave Rashad three million dollars, he was going there. Um, hmm. You know, I mean, he 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 came here because they're a good team, hmm. um, and you know, his hope is he stays healthy. I mean. The Eagles get a lot of players to come here because they're a good team. Um, once they get here, I think they like the the way they do um, business because okay, you know. But I don't think they're coming here for that. All right. Uh, well, there you have it, you guys. You know, this has been football twenty four seven with John McMullen. I'm your guy Tone. This just the second. Uh, like I always say, make sure you smash that like button. We need you guys to stay engaged. We need you guys to continue to get John riled up. Sometimes he can be a bit too stoic, a bit too cool for school. So I need you guys to continue uh, <laughs> to get our guy no, John no, riled don't, up. Don't say dumb things. <laughs> don't say dumb things. Never, never advocate that uh, tone. Never. Come on. Well, not dumb things per se, but more so uh I want them to I want them to challenge your thought a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, that's fair. You can do that. If somebody hey, if somebody comes up with uh, you know, a reason why what they're doing with Nolan Smith makes sense, I'll I'll listen. I've tried to go down every avenue. Um um and ultimately, uh, because I know, I guess, and I know we got to go. I mean, I talked to the scouts about Nolan Smith. I know how they scouted him. Right, right. We talked they about scouted this, right? him as a stinking edge rusher. Right, um, right. Now, they also told me directly, look, once you get it, and we've seen this, and I've used the um, example of Bavante Maddox. Once you get into the regular season, you only have 53 players. You get a bunch of injuries. Often guys have to play out of position. That's different. That's different. You get to that when you get to that. Um, it's strange. It's strange. You just brought something to my attention, and I know I know we gotta get out of here, but I gotta sneak this one last question in with you. You know, you, you brought up the fact again that the scout, you know, the scouting department when they when they uh, scouted Nolan Smith, they scouted him as an edge rusher. All his traits, everything that he brings to the table, they they thought this guy can come in and be a top tier edge rusher, right? You've been around this league for a long time, and you've covered um, a few different teams other than the Philadelphia Eagles. I have to ask you this question now: 
How, and since you spoke to the Philadelphia Eagles scouting department, I would imagine you've spoken to other teams, uh, scouting department as well. Um, how often do scouting uh, departments get a bad rap because they evaluated a player one way, but the team decided to use the player in an entirely different way, a la Hassan Reddick? How often, how, how frustrating is it for these scouting departments, and how often do you see those kind of situations play out? Uh, it, pretty often. I mean, people like to blame people, you know. Um, people like Jalen Rager would be the most ex uh, uh, recent example here. Like nobody wants to have Jalen Rager on their resume. Um, and it was the coaching staff who wanted Jalen. The scouting staff wanted Justin Jefferson um, and thought he would. And, and, and Doug wanted a spe specific type of player. Now, but it's not like the scouting staff hated Jalen Rager, so it's like a comedy. That that that's revisionist history. Like a lot of people think today, like, oh, if the Eagles didn't take Jalen Rager, he would have went, you know, I don't know, way in the second round. New Orleans was going to take him. They were like four or five spots behind him. Uh, he was go. He was always going to be a first round pick. Um, the entire league liked Jalen Rager. Um, and and most of the time when um, first-round picks or even bridge picks, like you could argue he was, um, don't succeed, it's, it's not because they don't have the physical ability. It's always something else. It might be off-the-field stuff, might be work ethic, might be attention to detail. Mm. Um, you know, Jalen makes a lot of mental errors. He makes a lot of mental errors. If you watch quarterback on Netflix, if people watch that, you'll see it. Uh, it, it was in that Indianapolis game, the largest comeback in uh, NFL history. They do a whole thing on that specific game. The Vikings could have had two more touchdowns. Would have been an easy win uh, if Jalen Rager ran the right routes that he was supposed to run, and he didn't. Um, wow. And they showed the one, and it's bad. Um, and that was the same stuff that happened here. Um, and that's the reason he's no longer here. That's the reason he's probably going to get cut this year out there. Um, but he's got tremendous talent, physical gifts, physical skill. If you remember that catch at training camp, it's one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. And I covered Randy Moss. Um, he's got tremendous physical skill, but the Eagles scouting staff wanted Justin Jefferson. The Eagles coaching staff wanted Jalen Rager. Ultimately, the coaching staff is supposed to get what the coaching staff wants, so they did it the right way. They picked the wrong player, obviously. Um, and, and by the way, a lot of people got Justin Jefferson wrong because there's a lot of people in this league that thought he was only a slot receiver. Um, and he's been anything but, obviously. Um, so, anyway, that's just a little peek into it. But in, in the case of uh, in the case of Nolan, um, I don't know anybody who was scouting him as an all-ball linebacker. In the case of that's the difference. In the case of Hassan Reddick, uh, in the case of Micah Parsons, a lot of teams were scouting them as all-ball linebackers. More teams were scouting Micah Parsons as an all-ball linebacker than not. More teams were scouting Hassan as an all-ball linebacker than not. Um, so it's a little bit different from that perspective. Yeah, hey, listen, Eagles fans, like John said, it wasn't the Eagles alone that got it wrong when it came to Justin Jefferson. Uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders got it wrong. They chose Henry Ruggs III. Uh, the Denver Broncos chose Jerry Judy. They got it wrong. Uh, Dallas, they chose CeeDee Lamb. I'm pretty sure they're pleased with it, but I'm pretty sure if you ask them, Justin <clears> Jefferson <throat> or CeeDee Lamb, I think yeah. they'll take uh, Justin Jefferson. And then obviously the Eagles chose Jalen Rager. So there were four or five uh, receivers who got picked before Justin Jefferson. So I don't want the Eagles yeah. fans to think this is well, just Well, and that's Eagles another problem. thing. Every single NFL team gets picks wrong. Absolutely. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Not just your team. Every single one of them. Absolutely. Um, and... You know, obviously, the better batting average you get, the better. But nobody's batting a thousand. Hey, you guys heard it here first. This has been football twenty four seven with my guy John McMullen. 
and I'm your man, Tone. This is the second. Make sure you guys smash that like button. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports uh, YouTube channel. And also, if you guys want more writing, more content from our Eagles insider, John McMullen, check him out on jacobsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. Take care, you guys. One love. Stay humble. Stay healthy. And most importantly, stay hungry.